0: Welcome back to another episode of the Big Mike and Chife podcast. After a week off, we're back, and this will be our first October episode. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, by the way, on the way here, Christian, I saw some nice Halloween decorations. So, you know, that'll get you in the mood and think about some football. Unfortunate, though. We're probably not going to be any trick-or-treating this year. That's right. Save. Well, tonight we've got a nice show lined up. We've got a, some NFL picks for week number five. Then we'll go into some NFL news. We'll have some MLB news with the playoffs going on. Uh, some, we'll let you know about the NBA Finals, what's going on there. And then we have a special interview with UW Badger safety Tyler Mace. That's pretty Woo! special. All right. Excited for that. We've got a good show. That's right. All right. We'll go into our picks, Christian. Thursday night, what do you think? Tomorrow night, Buccaneers at Bears. Now, these two
1: teams have very good front sevens. They pretty much take out the run game of everybody that plays. That's left Tom Brady and his weapons versus whoever the Bears are gonna play and whoever they have. And so definitely I'm gonna take the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the Buccaneers as well. You know, I saw a stat this week that uh Tom Brady is has the best QBR that he's had through first four games in the last three years. So That's kinda of scary actually. That is scary. And seeing how good that their defensive line is, they they stopped
1: the run amazingly well.
0: Yeah, I love the weapons he has um, in uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I think they'll do pretty well this week and handle the Bears.
1: All right, Sunday noon slot. I love the noon slot. Bills at the Titans after the Titans surprise bye week. Bills at the Titans. Let's see.
0: They're both undefeated. Bills are 4-0 and Titans are 3-0. Who's going to get their first loss? Uh, I got the Bills winning this one, Uh, you know, assuming they play because, you know, the Titans had all those COVID cases. I think they had a few more positive tests today, didn't they? That's right. So, you know, it's all a little shaky this year with that. But uh, right now, Josh Allen is my MVP, um, and I think the Bills defense is just extremely good. And uh, I think this is a game for the Bills to really prove themselves. I think if they beat the Titans, that everyone's got to take them seriously. Mm -hmm. Yes,
1: and COVID and MVP are coming up a little bit later, but I also have the Bills beating the Titans in this game. I think the Titans are in a little bit of a disarray after this surprise of COVID. And the Bills' defense is really good, and Josh Allen is playing at a really high level. He's in the discussion for MVP. I think they are a serious contender, and they'll definitely beat the Titans.
0: All right, so Bills over Titans. Uh, Next, we'll look at the Raiders and the Chiefs. Raiders at Chiefs. Man, I...
1: There are only a few teams right now that look like they're capable of beating the Chiefs. The Patriots look like they could have if they had Cam Newton. They might have pulled off the upset. But the Raiders don't have the defense to stop Patrick Mahomes, and... Derek Carr has had he's, he's had a pretty good season, but I don't think they have the run game to be able to match with whatever the Chiefs are going to score.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I'm going with the obvious answer of the Chiefs here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 11 TDs, no interceptions this year, and uh, I don't think the Raiders are bad by any means this year. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr's got 8 TDs, no interceptions, but uh, I really just can't pick against the Chiefs in this one. Mm-hmm. Alright, next we got Carolina and Atlanta. Some Teddy Bridgewater action. What do you got? I have the Falcons getting their first win of the season, finally.
1: They actually have a really good offense. They didn't score very much against the Packers, but besides the Packers, they've had some, a lot of high-scoring games, and the Panthers, I think, uh, will have some good games and some bad games, and Teddy Bridgewater in a new system with Matt Rule, a new NFL head coach, and I I believe that the Falcons
0: will finally get their win that they're looking for. I've actually got Carolina in this one. Uh, I liked how Teddy Bridgewater looked last week. I know he's a pretty painfully average quarterback, but uh, I also like how Mike Davis is stepping in nicely for McCaffrey. I think he took on that role pretty well. Um, And the Falcons just... it's just hard to watch. Uh, Matt Ryan looks really unimpressive. He's got like seven TDs and two interceptions on the year. Uh, I think he should be doing a lot better, so I've got the Panthers in this one. Jaguars at Texans. Jaguars at Texans. This might be the worst football game we've seen all season, right coming off the Texans firing their head coach and their general manager. So I'm taking a tie in this one.
1: interesting call with a tie that'll be amazing if you actually nail that i'm taking the texans Uh, this game is at houston and like jj watt said he says he feels like they have a bit of excitement and a bit of fire that they actually have a new voice in there because i'm not sure any of them actually really liked bill
0: o'brien and the jaguars they're not very good yeah i'm not sure anyone liked bill o'brien But, uh, all right, that moves us on to Cincinnati and Baltimore, a little Joey football action. Joey
1: Burrow. I am taking the Ravens in this game. However, the Ravens are favored by 13 points, and I did take uh, Cincinnati plus 13, but I do still believe that the Ravens will win. I just think all around they're just too good of a team to lose.
0: Yeah, I loved seeing Joe Burrow get his first win last week, but, yeah, they're not beating the Ravens. Nope. All right, that'll move us on to the next game, which will be the Cardinals and the Jets. Cardinals at the O and 4 Jets.
1: The Jets are a mess. Uh Sam Darnold hurt his throwing shoulder and Joe Flacco will be starting the game. They're they're horrible. I I'm definitely taking the Cardinals, no question, and I don't know who the Jets are going to beat this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Joe Flacco does. I mean, he is a Super Bowl MVP quarterback, so, I'm, I mean, maybe he can get something going for the Jets. And I am pretty unimpressed by what Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake have done so far this year. But, I mean, it's the Jets, and I'm obviously taking the Cardinals in this one. Mm-hmm. Eagles at the Steelers in the Battle of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think the Steelers' defense will just shut down Carson Wentz and the Eagles' offense, period. And I think the Steelers will pretty handily take this one. Yeah, I think the Eagles are a little high off of a um, big
1: win last week in their first win of the season, going into the lead of the NFC East, which is a horrible, horrible division. And the Steelers got a bye week uh, out of nowhere, and so I think I'm definitely going to take the Steelers.
0: Yep. All right. And now move us on to the uh, Los Angeles Rams and the Washington football team. I will take the Los Angeles Rams. For some reason,
1: Washington thinks it's a good idea to bench Dwayne Haskins and start Kyle Allen after Dwayne Haskins threw for the most yards of his career and didn't have a turnover. So I have no idea what they're planning there. And I think it's a little bit of a mess right now. And Sean McVeigh always has the Rams in a good organized fashion. So definitely I'm going to take LA.
0: Yeah, I think Jared Goff has been underwhelming this year, but definitely not terrible. Um, I certainly liked what I saw from Antonio Gibson last week for the football team. He looked like he added a little bit of a spark and some hope for that team. Um, and I do think that the Rams 3-1 and record might be a little bit misleading, but it's still 3-1 and and I still think they're better than Washington. So I got the Rams. And now, going into the afternoon, we have the Dolphins at the 49ers. Uh, I've got the Dolphins in this one. Um, you know, it's finally a big game for Devontae Parker last week. I like to see that. He had 110 yards receiving. Uh, I've been waiting for that all season. I I mean, Devontae Parker, I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, my brain really wants Nick Mullins to be better than he is, but... In reality, he's just not that good of a quarterback. And without Jimmy G and a lot of their defensive players hurt, I think the 49ers will go down in this one. I'm still
1: taking the 49ers. Uh, The Miami Dolphins had a good game last week against Seattle, but now they've got to travel over to San Francisco and play the 49ers. And I still think even though they're beat up, they
0: have enough playmakers to beat Miami. All right, how about the Broncos and the Patriots? Do you think Cam Newton's going to start for them this week? It's hard to say because Stefan Gilmore just tested positive. So who knows?
1: Maybe this game is another one that gets postponed. But I think right now I'm
0: still taking the Patriots, even if Cam Newton doesn't play, just because of how bad the Broncos are. So assuming Cam Newton doesn't play, I'm actually taking the Broncos in this one. Um... I think Melvin Gordon played great last week. I think he's gonna have resurgence. I think we're gonna I think he's been kind of flying under the radar this year. Um but I think he'll lead the Broncos to a win this week. Mm-hmm. Giants at the Cowboys. Uh, I mean so at the beginning of the year I very clearly overrated Danny Jones. Um but uh I mean the Cowboys have no defense, obviously. But the Giants really have no offense, so I'm taking the Cowboys in this one, although I think that's also going to be a terrible game.
1: I think the Cowboys will win the game, but I feel like it's also going to be a lot closer than it should be. All right, that moves us on to the Colts and the Browns. Colts at the Browns. Now, this is going to be an interesting game because the Browns have had a pretty explosive offense, I'd say, so far, and the Colts have had a great defense. But the Browns' defense has been about average, and the Colts' offense has been about average. I am taking the Browns in this game. I just feel like the Colts have not played a very
0: high-powered offensive team yet, and the Browns are going to shock them. Yeah, you know, this is actually my favorite game of the week, I think. Uh, the Colts are the Colts are pretty good this year, honestly. Um, their O-line looks good for... Uh, Uh, former Badger Jonathan Taylor to run behind. And, I mean, Phillip Rivers is just definitely the best smack talker in the league. Um, But I really think the Browns have it going right now, and I think Baker Mayfield and Odell are having the season that we've been waiting for them to have. They look good, so I got the Browns in this one. Sunday night
1: football. The Vikings at the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yep, so I got a bird alert in this one. Seahawks taking the win against the Vikings. Uh, Russell Wilson is just looking spicy week in and week out. Um, uh, I do think Aaron Rodgers is actually better than him, so I don't think Russ is going to win MVP, but uh, I do have the Seahawks winning Sunday night. I also have the Seahawks winning Sunday night.
1: I think it's going to be a closer game than people anticipate because Seattle also doesn't have a very good defense, and Viking, the Minnesota Vikings have just come off their first win. But I definitely think Russell Wilson is playing to an amazingly high level, and he's going to lift their team to a win in prime time.
0: Yeah, I certainly think he's going to carve up that Vikings secondary. Um, Those young guys and all the weapons that uh, Russell Wilson has and what he's been doing to secondaries this this year, yeah, I don't think the Vikings stand a chance. Monday night, Chargers at Saints, last game of the week. Uh I actually think the Saints are gonna look pretty good in this one. Uh I think Kamara or Kamara might be the best running back in the league. Um he just looks so good when he runs. Uh Latavius Murray scoring two touchdowns. I mean that's pretty it's pretty nice backfield for him and Uh, I'm kind of sick of all the Drew Brees slander. I mean, he's still Drew Brees. He's an MVP quarterback. He's, He's not playing horrible. He's got eight TDs, only two interceptions on the year. He certainly could be playing better, but with Kamara and Murray behind him, I think the Saints will look really good this week. I actually have the Chargers taking the win in this game. I heard some news that it might be moved to
1: Indianapolis because of some reason. I'm not sure why. I just saw that it might be moved. But I'm still going to take the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Justin Herbert has played great for a rookie being thrown into an offense. He led Tom Brady and the Buccaneers for most of the game last week. And Drew Brees, he's still playing pretty good, but I don't think he's as good as he has been in the past. And the Chargers defense, I feel like, is pretty underrated, and I think they'll slow down their offense enough to get a win finally.
0: Yep, and that will wrap up our picks for the week and let's see what we got next, Christian. Up next we have our NFL news. What do we have this week, Mike? All right, I think we're going to talk about the Packers a little bit. All right. So through 4 weeks, Packers
1: are 4 and 0, have one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. And I believe Aaron Rodgers is in second place in the MVP conversation right now. They have been absolutely lights out offensively, even without Devontae Adams playing uh, two and a half games and Alan Lazard missing the last game. Robert Tanyan has looked phenomenal. He's tied for the lead in the league for touchdown receptions right now. MVS has looked like he's stepped up. And Rodgers is making things happen even when his top players aren't there. Now, the question is, is their
0: defense looking good enough to get them somewhere in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, certainly you said it. Rodgers is looking like um, he might be having the best season he's ever had, which is certainly saying something. Uh, I mean, the fact that he can make a player like Robert Tanyan look like one of the best receiving tight ends in the league, like that's just crazy to me, and he's been playing great. And like I said a few weeks ago, it's really just... Which Aaron is gonna is gonna win the game for us this week? We got Aaron Jones, we got Aaron Rodgers. They're both playing at a super high level, um, but it is true our defense is uh, giving up a few too many points every game. I think so. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out down the stretch.
1: Their defense is looking like they're giving up a few more points than they should. But at the same time, it feels like the only game in which it was really close was against the Saints. And the Saints have a good offense with Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. In the games against Minnesota and Detroit and the Falcons, they didn't really start scoring until the Packers already had a pretty decisive lead. So I'm not too worried about the defense right now. I think we'll be able to really get an image at it when they face the Buccaneers next week on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I certainly don't think we, had the ama- we have the amazing defense that we did last year, um, but I think our uh, offense is good enough to cover the gap.
1: Very true. Moving on. Next NFL topic. This was given to us by
0: Benny Daly. Ben Daly, good friend of the podcast. Hopefully he'll be able to join us in uh, upcoming weeks. He's busy this week, but he did give us some topics to talk about. So let's hear him, Christian. All right. The big
1: concern right now is how is COVID going to affect the NFL season with the Steelers and Titans games being postponed because the Titans have positive tests and then news comes out that they're not exactly following all the protocols and then Cam Newton tests positive and they have to move the game back and now
0: Stefan Gilmore tests positive and we have no idea where this thing is going to go. Yeah, I will say one thing, it certainly makes it hard to be a fantasy football manager. You know, I've got all these players, and then you find out one of their teammates has Corona, and you could have them in their lineup, and then five minutes before the game, that game could just get canceled. So it certainly made things interesting this year. Um, I'm really hoping it doesn't end, end the NFL season. Uh, I hope they can take the right precautions to take care of it. But it certainly does make things interesting and uh, a little uh, unpredictable this year, I'd say. Do you think we're going to see any games that have to be canceled, and some teams might not have 16 games on their record? I certainly think it's a possibility, but I, I do think they'll keep uh, they'll make sure that everyone gets uh, 16 games on their record. I think uh, maybe an option that they'll have to do is add a few weeks to the end of the season. Add a week 18 or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, so for the MLB, I feel like it was a lot easier. They were able to do those double headers. Um, For football, you obviously can't do that, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. But I do think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Add a few extra weeks to the end of the season, maybe play some games that they need to make up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's not out of the question that some teams might not have 16 games on their schedule, especially if they're not a playoff team. I feel like they wouldn't really want to risk it. But if there are teams that are in the hunt for the playoffs, looking... To make it in and they don't have the full 16 games, I feel like they might do something like that where they add the 18th week or try to do something crazy and move around by, le- by weeks like they did with the Titans and the Steelers. But it's definitely going to be something they have to work through, but the NFL has always done a great job at working through things and adjusting.
0: Yeah, I certainly like Roger Goodell. Um, I think he'll take the right precautions, talk to the right people, and make sure he gets everything straight. All right.
1: It is a quarter of the way through the NFL season. And so that brings us to
0: who is the MVP through four weeks? Uh, I said it earlier, but I'd love to reiterate. I think Josh Allen is going to be the MVP this year. Christian's shaking his head at me, but he'll see. Uh, The Bills, I think they're going all the way. I've got the Bills in the Super Bowl against the Packers this year. Um, I think the Bills just have too good of a defense to... To lose the Super Bowl this year I think Josh Allen will take those guys all the way so Bills Mafia all the way I think the Bills are a very good team and that
1: Josh Allen is having a very good start to the season I do have them in the AFC championship game against the Chiefs but I can't trust Josh Allen right now he relies too much on his legs He has thrown some darts, and he does have a nice weapon with Stephon Gilmore, but he just doesn't feel like he's an MVP type of player. And the Bills haven't been good in so long, it might just be that it's bugging me. But my MVP is obviously Russell Wilson, tying Peyton Manning's record for most touchdown passes in four weeks completely carrying this Seattle Seahawks team. They have no defense. Their weapons are under average, and he has just been on fire. They have given him the keys to the car, and he is driving it. And I have Rodgers in second place in the MVP conversation, and right now Josh Allen is third. I'm not sure how much longer he's going to stay there.
0: Oh, you'll see, Christian. You'll see. I doubt it. Also, Super Bowl picks. Who is your two Super Bowl picks right now, and who wins? My two Super Bowl picks, uh, the Bills in the AFC and the Packers in the NFC. I think the Bills will come out on top. Like I said, I think that defense is good. Um, they, obviously, Josh Allen is just throwing dimes, running all over defenses, and the Bills defense is stopping every team they play. So I've got the Bills beating the Packers in the Super Bowl.
1: I also have the Packers in the Super Bowl. However, I do have the Chiefs and not the Bills in the Super Bowl. I have the Chiefs beating the Bills in the AFC Championship game and the Packers from the NFC. And I'm not sure if the Packers can make it there with their defense. We'll have to see a few more games against some better offenses to see how they really match up. Their next game against Tampa Bay, I mentioned earlier, will be a big show teller, but I don't think Seattle has the defense to take them all the way. Because you saw the Packers in 2011 and in other recent years. They've had some great offenses, but their defense just can't stop anybody. And it might win a few playoff games, but you cannot win against the best teams.
0: I would certainly love to see the Packers beat the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game this year. It would be very satisfying. That would be extremely satisfying.
1: All right. Adam Gase. Let's talk about Adam Gase and the New York Jets, as we mentioned earlier. Sam Darnold is not playing, and it is Joe Flacco playing this week against the Arizona Cardinals. How much
0: longer can the Jets keep Adam Gase around? I don't know. Like we said earlier, uh, the Texans just fired Bill O'Brien. I honestly think Adam Gase should have been fired before Bill O'Brien. The Jets just look repulsive. I mean... They're just playing terrible, and I, I really think if he loses this week, the Jets would be crazy not to let him go. I don't understand how he's
1: made it this far as well. He has been horrible. You see how he was in Miami with Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill goes to Mike Vrabel and the Titans, and he's playing pretty darn good. He only had success as a coach with Peyton Manning and the Broncos offense. And that's it. But he didn't have success in Miami and he's not having any success whatsoever with the Jets. And Sam Donald is a pretty good quarterback. I just it makes no sense why teams hang on to these people that are so bad. And especially in such a big market, it feels like you should be able to hire anybody you want.
0: Yeah, the Jets are the Jets just need to let Adam Gates go, I think. They really got nothing to lose. So, I really think it's time for a change of scenery down there. I agree. Alright, we'll be moving on to the MLB now. Um, So, as you know, it was a pretty disappointing season for the Brewers. Um, Luckily, I think that that, uh, this year... Might not have counted as much for the Brewers, you know, with the coronavirus. uh, Lorenzo Cain opting out at the beginning of the season. Uh, Corbin Burns got hurt. We didn't have him in the playoffs. Um, So I'm chalking this one up. Uh, Yelly had a pretty bad year. Um, So hopefully they can get things going next year. Um, It was disappointing to watch. They made a few runs. Um, I'm happy to see they didn't really roll over and die in the series against the Dodgers. They kept it interesting. They put up a fight. Um, So I like to see that, but... Uh, In the end, they did lose, so they're at home now. But right now, we've got the divisional playoff round going. We've got the Houston Cheaters up 2-0 against the Oakland A's. Um, So they're actually playing right now in a five-game series. So if if Houston wins that one, they'll be moving on. Um, And what do you think about that, Christian? I think that Houston should have some
1: punishments That shouldn't allow them to even come anywhere close to an MLB playoff game. Their cheating scandal was awful. How you blatantly cheat to win a World Series and multiple other playoff games. And you don't get a scratch besides your GM is fired. They have no business being able to come back to the MLB playoffs, and not lose any draft picks, lose any money, lose any... anything, really. And I think they should just change their name to, like, the Oklahoma Sooners and basically
0: be cheaters. Yeah, so it's just really hard for me to watch, and especially seeing Carlos Correa hit bombs the other day on the Oakland A's. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I don't like they where they are. I certainly hope the A's can get it going and take them out of this one, but we'll see. Um, next series, we've got the Marlins against the Braves. The Braves are up 1-0 and in that one, and they've got the NL MVP in Freddie Freeman. Uh, I think they'll pretty handedly take that series. Um, next, we've got the Tampa Bay and the New York Yankees. They're locked up at 1-1. and and the Dodgers are up 1-0 on the Padres. I think that one will be an interesting series.
1: I've got the Dodgers winning the World Series. They have too much talent to not. Especially with uh, Mookie Betts this year. They've been amazing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, I just, it's hard for me to root for the Dodgers. I, I really want the Padres to beat them. I mean, they beat out the Brewers a couple years ago in the championship game. And uh, then them getting Mookie Betts last year, it's just not fair. So, um I'm rooting against the Dodgers, but I do think they're a very good looking team. And so we'll we'll keep up with that in the next few weeks, um, see how that plays out. Um but also going on right now the NBA Finals. Last night the Lakers won a tight game, pulled it up to three and one their lead in the finals, so they just need to win one more and then the series is theirs.
1: Yeah, I think it's obvious that the Lakers are gonna win the finals even though the Heat made it close last night and they have won a game, it doesn't feel like they can go on a streak and win even two games in a row. That I think at the, at the worst for the Lakers, they'll win it in six. I feel like they'll probably win it in five. And, I mean, congrats to LeBron finally getting his fourth ring.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was really nice to see... Uh... Jimmy Bucket to get that 40-burger and triple-double in Game 3. Very impressive. Um, Tyler Harrow is scoring 17 points a game, which, I mean, he's 20 years old. Outstanding for a rookie in the Finals. Uh, That's really cool to see, but I just don't see the Heat beating the Lakers down 3-1. I I saw a quote from Jimmy Butler today that was like, oh, we're not going to throw in the towel. Like we, We still think we can win this, which obviously he has to say that i just think this one's out of reach um i know i've talked about duncan robinson a lot on this uh podcast before but after watching yesterday's game i mean he hits threes he hits threes he's a great shooter probably one of the best shooters in the league but he really just he gets smoked on defense down late in the game he was he was getting a few he just got blown by for some easy layups on a couple times and he's just not really a late-game clutch option. I don't think he has that in him. Um, he's more of a player that you would see hit, like, five or six threes in the third third quarter or something. But down to stretch, I don't think Robinson is the option. And maybe he can develop that into his game later on. Um, but I just don't see the heat being in the Lakers this year.
1: Yeah, yesterday in the second half, when AD and LeBron really started to take over, it just felt like the heat... They had some shots that they made, but they didn't look. They, their body language didn't tell you that they really felt like they could beat them.
0: Yeah, it was kind of torture watching the game yesterday as I was rooting for the Heat. Um, I mean, they made it clo- They certainly made it close. They came back a few times, teased you, went up by two or three points a couple times, but in the end, the Lakers just were doing whatever they wanted to them late in the game, um, which is surprising because those are the games that the Heat have been winning. Um, in the playoffs but the Lakers I think are just too good and I do see LeBron winning his fourth ring this year. So in all likelihood the Lakers will win the finals this year but then I think the better question is who's going to win MVP? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think the La- the league will give it to LeBron just because he's LeBron but Uh, I do like Anthony Davis. He has been playing quite well, Christian, if I do say so. Anthony Davis has been playing very well. He has a higher field goal
1: percentage than LeBron, and he has a 100% from the free throw line in the finals. That's a very impressive stat. LeBron is averaging more points, more rebounds. They are averaging the same amount of assists, but it does really feel like LeBron's team. Because before LeBron got there, the Lakers were nowhere near the playoff conversation. They missed the playoffs his first year he was there. And then he gets a few pieces and AD, and they're going on an incredible run. I think they'll definitely give it to LeBron, like you said. But I'm not so sure. It is looking a lot like AD. Last night, he hit the dagger
0: three to go up by 9. Yeah, I do think AD deserves it, honestly. Um, I've said it before just to many people's dismay, but I think Anthony Davis is the best basketball player on the planet right now. Um, he's playing like it. If, if I could choose anyone in the world to be on a basketball team right now, I would choose Anthony Davis. He's playing great. I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James, but at the end of the day, I do think uh, Anthony Davis is really the deciding factor on this Lakers team.
1: Alright, well that wraps up our sports news topics, and we'll go right into our interview
0: with Badger football player and safety, Tyler Mace. We will be back in just a minute. Alright, welcome back to the Big Mike and Chife Podcast. We're here with Tyler Mace, UW Badger safety. Uh, How are you doing tonight, Tyler?
2: It's good, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, for sure. We know you're busy now. We won't keep you too long, but we do a few questions for you here. And uh, congratulations, you are now the most famous person to ever be on this podcast. That's for sure.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Glad to to start this thing off, you know. Get you guys rolling.
0: (laughs) All right, so our first question for you today will be, um, did you have a lot of options uh, where you could play in college? And if so, what made you choose Wisconsin? What made it stand out to you?
2: Yeah, so I had a few. I, scholarship wise, I had one offer to North Dakota. Um, that's a small division one FCS school. And then I also had a walk on to Northwestern. Um, uh, so I had a walk on Northwestern and UW. Um, part of it came down to just wanting to stay close to home. North Dakota was so far away where it was tough. Just, I really wouldn't see my family often and out of high school I wasn't quite ready for that. Um, and then between Northwestern and Wisconsin, Northwestern's really expensive for one, but you really can't beat Wisconsin. Um, you know, growing up in the area, that's something you'd dream of playing for a team um, you know, it's that's that's the dream, right? Is Wisconsin football. So just be having the chance to live that out was a really exciting opportunity that I just couldn't pass up.
1: Awesome. Hey, and you know, the Badgers last football game was before the pandemic and in the Rose Bowl. And what was the atmosphere of the Rose Bowl like? And how was how that so different from a normal game?
2: Yeah, the Rose Bowl is special. There's no doubt about that. People talk about it all the time. It's I know it's one of those games where my grandpa, who has Alzheimer's, he'll, he doesn't forget the fact that he drove out to the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, It's just a game that has a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and you feel that when you're out there. It's an older stadium. You have the mountains in the background, um, just outside of L.A. So it's a really, really pretty area, and it's really a tradition that makes it different out there. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then uh, I, uh, I know you were named uh, Academic All Big Ten two years in a row, and last year you received the honor of Big Ten Distinguished Scholar, which is very impressive. And I was just wondering, how do you think that has helped you on the field, and what makes your academics so important to you?
2: Yeah, I, I think, honestly, it's my mom that's made academics so important to me. Um, just from a young age, she would always make me focus on my school. It was school, 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 football comes second. Um, and Key, the program itself, does a good job of that. Um, just in high school, Coach Rice, that coach there, he does a really good job um, putting the focus on academics. Um, on the field, there's no doubt that being smart – smarter helps um, just even just learning how to study right smart isn't necessarily like an innate ability a lot of it's just putting time in um, and learning those study habits so it's the same study habits that help you on the football field um, with learning the coverages learning defenses and that's the biggest thing with the college level is there's so much mental aspect to it that people overlook um, so it, it certainly has helped me just understand the defense better don't understand the different schemes and get in positions that will help me succeed
0: sure and that also so have do you think you've realized a big um shift from high school to college and definitely how your football IQ helps you more and how you're able to um how that really changes from high school to college
2: yeah I think high school you a lot of it's just relying on your athleticism it's just you just hope you're better than the person that you're playing against. But in college it's everybody's at a high level. So the way you have to beat them is outthink them or just be in a better position, which comes down to knowing which positions to be in. Um I think the big thing college wise is knowing where your help is. Um so for us, like cover one, we'll have one high safety, right, More we're down man to man. So it's knowing that I have a safety deep in the back so I can be a little more aggressive sitting on routes. Um, I have in the middle of the field so I can play outside on it. So that's been the biggest change is understanding where my help is and who I can utilize, and it makes a big difference at the college level for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, bet you're a Badger playing in the Big Ten, and you went out west. What, what is it like... To see people like Jonathan Taylor or other people you play against, like Justin Herbert, to see them in the NFL and just tearing th- things up.
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. It's it, it's weird how normal it becomes to be around those types of guys. Uh, J.T. Jonathan Taylor was a guy that his locker was like four lockers away, so he was someone that I'd see every day, and you know we just like small talk in the locker room, and like it was just normal to see him. Uh, so it's, I have a different view of the NFL where, cause those are guys I've played against, so it doesn't feel as surreal to me. Um, where like coming out of high school, I was like, holy crap, these guys are in the NFL. Like, that's a big deal. But now it's a little more normal cause I'm around them, right? Um, talking to those guys, getting to know them. Um, there's no doubt they're ridiculous athletes and it, it's made it a lot more fun for me to watch football on Sundays, just knowing the guys and, just remembering, like different ways we game planned. Um, like even with Herbert, like all of a sudden out of nowhere he started running the ball against us in the Rose Bowl. Um, so I have a different appreciation for the legs he has. Um, little things like that that you grow to appreciate and um, as you get to the college level.
0: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. The different uh, insight you're able to gather when you've played someone and then watching them on a Sunday, it must be very strange.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially for a guy
1: like Herbert, seeing him in his
0: first few games
1: playing against you know Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy for sure. It's you really respect them. You know, it, it's hard enough to get the college level, but the NFL is you know that whole next step where it's you're a whole another level of athletic or um, smart, knowing the game. So, yeah, certainly you learn to respect it. <laughs>
0: Yeah and obviously this year has been somewhat trivial with the coronavirus and how is so how is the team handling some of those restrictions and what has the training been like uh, especially when the Big Ten season was still up in the air and you guys weren't really sure what was going to happen?
2: Yeah it was for sure hard to stay motivated when it was up in the air it's it's hard when you don't have a goal like a solid goal to reach for right we didn't know we had the goal but we don't know if it's we're gonna have the chance to even attack that. So for sure, like getting the season back has been huge for us and you get a new appreciation just for the day by day grind. Um, that's the thing about college football. Like it's not, every day is not exciting, right? It's the same thing. It gets monotonous, your body's killing you. But when you've been away from it for so long, you, you're excited to be back. Um, that's something too, we implemented daily testing um that was a big 10 part of the big 10 rule with bringing back football so we don't have to worry as much about precautions covid wise during practice um you know we're still wearing our masks and distancing when we can but it's allowed us to play a little bit bit more and not worry about contact tracing and uh spreading covid throughout the team Mm -hmm.
1: and that kind of brings us into the next question we're in the covid section right now uh with uh, downtown being a huge hotspot for the virus, and you know you're seeing some dorms being put on lockdown, how has that really affected your guys' training and how you go at it?
2: Yeah, I think guys are guys are smart enough to notice. To stay away from a lot of those areas. I mean, it's like just going out and stuff. It's, you just can't do it right now. Um, we get lucky. We get we get all our meals supplied by the team. Um, So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we don't really have to go out for food. And we all really care enough about it. Like, we care enough about the season. We love the sport enough that we're not going to risk it just, you know, to be with um, friends outside the sport. So I really haven't seen anyone besides my roommates and my teammates in the past couple months. So it's distance enough that it doesn't directly affect us. But it's certainly something that's on our mind when, you know, something as simple as going to church on Sunday, like I'm a little more worried about, um, you know, who I talk to and how long I'm around others, um, you know, after an event like that. So it's hard to get that direct correlation because we are distanced enough, but a lot of it's just keeping on the back of our minds as we go.
0: So you obviously are spending a lot of time with the guys on the team. So you have a little little bit more inside knowledge than what uh might be shown to the public so which players on the team do you expect to go above and beyond expectations this year and really impact the team's success
2: yeah i think one guy that stands out that no one probably knows about yet is nick urbig he's a freshman um just came in he was early enrollee given we didn't get a spring ball so kind of lose out on some of the advantage of of coming in early but he's been um completely balling out i don't know how else to put it he's been um really winning on the edges in the pass rush and um dominant in in the run game as well so he's a guy that was unexpected going into camp um who's just played at a really high level
0: for sure and so there you go christian there's a little bit of insider trade in our podcast oh yeah man <laughs> this is exciting stuff
2: <laughs> big time now <laughs>
1: uh and more looking on the inside, it's, we're very sad to hear, and it's very unfortunate that Jack Cohen broke his foot in a practice where he wasn't even taking any contact. And I'm sure he'll still be supporting the team a lot, even from the sidelines. But, and now, Graham Mertz is the starting quarterback, as said by Coach Christ. So, what is the team's confidence level in Graham Mertz and... What are your guys' aspirations as a team with him at the helm?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think our, our aspirations don't change, right? Jack is, there's no doubt Jack is a key player. He knows the offense better than anyone. Um, and so her, losing him is, might hurt, but we have, so much, we have a ton of confidence in Graham. Uh, you know, he's a guy, even last year when Jack was a little banged up, he was taking a lot of reps. I believe it was before the Iowa game. Um, and coach chris told the media that um you know we felt confident in him and we still feel that way um there's no doubt that we have a we have trust in him and we don't think there's really going to be a drop off um you know again it's it, terrible for jack we feel badly but uh, we feel good about who we have um behind him
0: yeah obviously i've seen a lot of talk about uh um, Jack Cohn. I know he was on a lot of national QB watch lists that I looked at. Um, but also, the Badgers are lucky to have such a great backup in Graham Mertz. I know he is one of the he's a top prospect. So to to be able to get have your starting quarterback get hurt and have someone uh, like Graham Mertz step in, that's pretty lucky, I'd say.
2: Yeah. No, there's no doubt we're lucky, and even behind him, you know, we have Chase Wolf and. He's a guy that he he, he runs and guns. Uh, he makes some throws in practice that you're just like, I don't know how he made that. Um, just impressive. So, yeah, there's no doubt we'll we'll be fine with both those guys um, and we have confidence in them.
0: And then, so my last question for you, I think Christian has one more. Yeah. Uh, would be, uh, what has your overall experience at Wisconsin been like and how do you think it will affect you even after you graduate and move on from the UW?
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, Wisconsin itself is a great school. And that's one, that's one of the reasons I picked it, right, is there's more to college athletics than just the athletics. Um, it, it's something that I know will help me when I come out of college, finding a job. It'll be really key because um, people really respect what we do as college athletes, um, just with how busy we are. But the academics are outstanding. Um, I'm in the engineering school here, and it's one of the best in the country. Um, I think we're – I'm in industrial engineering specifically, and I want to say it's seventh in the country for public universities um, along the lines of that. So it's one of those that I don't – I'm not concerned when I go of college, and that's something that has to be kept in mind. Um, it's easy to get caught up in your sport, but there's so much more to it than just that.
1: Awesome. Well, going into my last question, uh, you, know, la- you know, we're not going to have any fans in the stadiums this year. And so you go from these amazing games like the Rose Bowl or even to like I was at the uh, Minnesota-Wisconsin game where the battle for the Axe is at its peak because the winner goes to the Big Ten championship game. So how do you think not having fans in the stadiums is really going to affect games this year?
2: yeah um i think back to bill belichick what he said a few weeks ago where he just goes it's practice (laughs) right i mean it's true though where we're used to competing at a high level every day without the atmosphere um it'll it'll be sad to be not have that atmosphere it'll be different for sure um big plays just won't feel the same right there's something that the crowd brings no jump arounds. um And they actually just announced today that there won't be even parents allowed yet, for the first game at least. So it's going to be an empty-empty stadium, um, which is too bad. But it's something that we're used to enough, I know, with just having daily practices that we'll be okay. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's great to have
0: you.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Mike and Christian. Good talking to
0: you guys. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. We know you're busy, so it means a lot for you to take this time out of your day to talk to us. And uh, definitely good luck this season. Yeah, we'll be following you all year.
2: (laughs) Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. (laughs) All right, man. Take it
0: easy. That was Tyler
1: Mace, safety for the University of Wisconsin. Boy, that was amazing to have – d1 college football player with us mike
0: yeah for sure that was really special and uh man that he's just a great guy you know i've uh i've talked to him once before uh before now and he's just a great guy always willing to talk about um what it's like at wisconsin so it's great to have him on
1: definitely have to have him on later in the season maybe
0: all right, well, that will wrap up this week's episode of Big Mike and Chife, and I think it's been a good one. This has been a good episode, and thank you so much for listening, and we will see you
1: guys next week.
0: That's right. See you.